This is MuggleCast, the Harry Potter podcast discussing everything about J.K. Rowling's wizarding world. This week's episode is sponsored by Blue Apron. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free, including free shipping, by going to blueapron.com slash MuggleCast. And by ZipRecruiter. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. Post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash MuggleCast. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 337. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. And we've got a patron joining us this week, Robert, coming to us from Florida. Hey, Robert, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Good to have you on. We want to get your fandom ID. But first, you also just mentioned just before we started recording that... You met your wife through Harry Potter. Tell us about that. How do you two? How that happen? Yeah, we uh, we actually met during the premiere for the sixth movie. So my brother and her sister were good friends through high school, and we just never happened to meet. And then we all decided to meet and go to the premiere for the sixth movie in Orlando, and so that's where we actually met. Oh, awesome! And then okay, so that was what two thousand nine, ten. I don't remember the year for that. We didn't. We met then, and we didn't start dating until several years later. Oh, cool. oh, I see. Okay. Well, cool. That's awesome. Harry Potter bringing people together. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so let's learn a little bit about you and uh, your experience with Harry Potter. What What are your favorite book and movie? So book, I'd say my favorite one is the third one, Prisoner of Azkaban. But I actually think that the sixth one is the best book as far as movie. Uh, I'd probably go with the sixth one since that's where my wife and I met. I was going to say, I feel like you probably are safe going with that one. Was was your wedding cake like Half-Blood Prince poster? (laughs) No, but she actually did work uh, a quote from Harry Potter into our vows, so that was good. Nice. Which one was it, always? No, she worked in uh, actually for about a Hagrid. What's coming will come and we'll face it when it does. That's my favorite. I love that. That's nice. I thought I thought the quote was going to be two sickles a scoop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your favorite character? Who is your favorite character? I've got three actually. I really like Hermione, Dumbledore, and Luna. Solid. Okay. Patr- and what's your Patronus? According to Pottermore. According to Pottermore, I'm a polecat, which after a little research is basically a ferret. <laughs> and what are your Hogwarts and Ilvermorny houses? Um, Ravenclaw for Hogwarts and Wampus for Elver Morning. Nice. And well, your your wife is also a patron, so I'll I'll we'll wait until she's on because <laughs> I want to know if like there is any uh, compatibility issues there with the houses. But we'll <laughs> we'll wait. Yeah, this is the benefit um, and, of getting to go first is uh, I get to yeah. tell the stories. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, and then have you read J.K. Rowling's other books? Yeah, I've read all of them actually. Okay, so what do you like best outside of Harry Potter? I really like the Cormoran Strike series, but I think the Cuckoo's Calling for me was by far the best one. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Did you try to run out and get it when when the surprise was, was revealed? Oh, yeah, and I'm really mad at myself because I wanted it as soon as possible, so I went and bought it on Kindle or iBooks, and I realized now that I probably could have found a copy that didn't have J.K. Rowling written on it anywhere, right. which would have been a really cool thing to have. Exactly. I have one. Mike and Eric, do you? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You guys are a lot smarter I than I was you... about it. Did I give you mine, Eric? Was that it? 
No, I was out there. I was at like I was working, and I was like right next to a Barnes and Noble when the announcement oh. came. So oh, okay. I, I, I scooted right over. What are the odds yeah. that that would happen? Yeah, I uh, I bought two copies, and then I gave it the other one to somebody. I can't remember who. I wish I didn't now. I wish I just held on to both of them. Yeah, <laughs> I think you probably told that story on an earlier MuggleCast, and it's in there who you gave it to. So yeah, that is yeah. one thing I did not return. I returned some things, but <laughs> not <laughs> to the special store for credit. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, just an oddball question here: What's your favorite broom in the Harry Potter series? Ah, oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> you want to go with Fireballs? This is the fastest, but I think I'd have to say the Nimbus 2000. It's the classic. That is a classic, yeah. Harry's first, right? Cool. Well, welcome <laughs> to the show. You also wanted to mention you went to the Harry Potter concert series. Tell us about that. Yeah, if... I, I mean, I've got to say, it was... You know, we went... My wife and I, we actually planned a whole trip to Nashville because they weren't playing it anywhere around us at the time. And uh, we planned the trip around that. And if and for any fan, if you have a chance to go, I'd say go. It was by far one of the coolest things I've ever been to. Uh, they did it in the Nashville uh, Symphony Hall, which is a really cool older building. And you walk in and they've got this big screen hanging over the stage and the full orchestra out. And you know, you're sitting there and they start the movie. And when they start playing that just initial opening, that iconic Harry Potter, you're just grinning from ear to ear. And the so, symphony so was dis- it, what's that? Was it was it Philosopher's Stone then? Like the whole movie with the orchestra then? Yeah, the whole movie played. Oh, cool. And they did. I was wondering how much would they actually play? Was it just going to be a little bit? But they did special effects. They did sounds. They played the whole movie. Huh. That is so cool. And you also think about how like they had a special version of the movie playing where none of that was part of the track. You know what I yeah. mean? So they had to create it all. Special effects, too, huh? That's interesting. I didn't know that. It was really cool. We're actually going to see the Chamber of Secrets in Orlando in November when they're here, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, yeah, I think they're slowly but surely going to go through all eight movies, I guess. So, something to look forward to. Seems like that's that's something that they're doing more and more of because uh, I actually went to see one for Game of Thrones here. Uh, earlier this year at Madison Square Garden, it kind of sounds similar that they would have an uh, orchestra playing, but also have all these different special effects as well. Yeah. Um, the Lord of the Rings films come to Ravinia in Highland Park. Uh, Andrew, I was telling you about that place. It's the outdoor picnic grove. Um, mm-hmm. But you can see all three Lord of the Rings films with the orchestra um, playing behind them as well. Cool. Yeah. Well, we have a lot to get to on today's show. We are going to have a discussion on the courses of Hogwarts. Hogwarts is 11, 12 courses. Mm-hmm. We're going to break down each one. Uh, Micah, Eric, and I have each selected a couple courses to guide the audience through. We also have a little bit of news today, including Jude Law spotted with his Dumbledore beard. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> Do we so know? We'll, do, yeah, hmm? we'll go into it. Uh, so so um, we'll get to all that in a second. But first, it's time to tell you about today's first sponsor. They are Blue Apron, the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everybody. And they achieve this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, building a community of show, home chefs like me, their newest. 
they have established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the United States. So you get really good quality food, and it really comes through when you're cooking it. Uh, a couple of the featured upcoming meals, the skillet vegetable chili with cornmeal and cheddar drop biscuits. Southern Hagrid would like that, I think. Uh <laughs> The garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad and roasted purple tomatoes. Some really nice stuff on this week's menu. You you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash mugglecast. You are going to love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That is blueapron.com slash mugglecast. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. And as my dad says... Keep them coming. <laughs> What's the next one coming? <laughs> Texted me the other day. Asked me, Dad, it's coming next month. Okay, wait. <laughs> well, he doesn't cook them, by the way. Yeah, but he, but he, Mama uh, Sims does. Well, uh, of course. Oh. But I mean, why not have him uh, do his own order? Why do Why do you have to handle it for? Because him? I'm hooking him up. I'm hooking him up with the with the complimentary blue aprons. I I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, they do get meals for four, Micah, and there's only two at that house now, living at that house now. So if you ever want to go over for a Mama Sims Blue Apron dinner, well, let well, me look, know. I mean, uh, hey, look, if, if Heidi wants to make the invite, I'm more than willing to go over. <laughs> <laughs> I swear Mike has talked for like a decade about coming to my house <laughs> just to visit, <laughs> and it's never happened. I did it once. I did it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was fun. The end of the... some podcast and of some summer yeah ben and i played pool and i lost i really really lost badly mm, mm-hmm. yeah. he's good at pool if yeah if you're looking for an opportunity to go the blue aprons are worth it we've been doing them recently too and they really are good oh good glad to hear that glad to hear that all right so let's get to a little bit of news the internet lost its mind earlier this week when pottery barns teen line pb teen <laughs> And we'll, we'll touch on that fact in a second. Uh, unveiled this new collection of bedroom merchandise. And I just wanted to mention it because people are really losing their minds this week. Uh, it, it went viral, our, the hypable story. So many people were sharing it. Um, they just have this beautiful new stuff for the bedroom. They've got like this gorgeous owl lamp. They've got this mirror of Arised that like also doubles as a storage cabinet. They've got this beautiful bedding, like this daily profit bedding, um, these Quidditch Captain pillows. What's so cool about it, I think, is even though it's under the PB teen line, it still looks like adults, adult Harry Potter fans could use it as well, Mm -hmm. could buy it as well. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at these items now and I'm I'm just blown away by the craftsmanship and like how again like adult or professional they look that the winged keys uh which can hold you know jewelry or anything with a a chain or a strap um in particular are gorgeous and uh, you know they're they're shot in a professional studio again you know in a in a room that's too nice nobody will ever have um (laughs) but but it looks amazing And, and and honestly like i get the feeling that pottery barn whoever designed this was clearly a harry potter fan which is a a huge plus and you know in terms of them picking what items they would be selling or what patterns or designs they chose wisely this is really this looks like something that i would want to own i would seriously buy pretty much everything in this line 
the, the bedroom just looks so inviting. Like, you just want to snuggle up in that magical-looking bed. And, <laughs> and read <laughs> Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I also wanted to mention it because we were just talking about merchandising a few weeks ago. They, they've just been doing a great job with the licensing and letting some good quality stuff be made for adults. And I think that's the key. Like, we're all growing up with Harry Potter, still loving it, and they're making good stuff for us adults. I mentioned uh, Jude Law spotted in his Dumbledore beard. So we they, we we talked about these rumors that they were filming at Hogwarts, and just more and more evidence seems to be coming to light. They're finished now, but Jude Law was spotted very close to where um, Hogwarts filming was taking place and there were two pictures of him taken he is playing younger dumbledore in fantastic beasts 2 and he's got a bit of a beard going on and i guess that's the beard he's gonna have in the movie i guess i wonder if they aren't like if that's just not like his real beard but then they're doing like extensions or something else during the the show the reason i say it is because it's quite short and it Dumbledore, is. I mean, when we meet him in book one, this is obviously 60 years later, but uh, his beard is so long that it's tied, like, it's tied into his belt at his waist. Like, mm-hmm. that's a long beard. That's a that's a long Dumbledore beard. So, I don't know, maybe there's some extra character uh, development where the reason his beard is that long in the 90s is because he let himself go after his heartbreak uh, from Grindelwald and all this other stuff. But right now, he needs to get growing because I think it's a little short. Well, you know what, though? I'm looking at the flashback scene from Half-Blood Prince. Mm. And Michael Gambon's beard actually is not long at all in those scenes. That's I would say point. it's maybe just a tad longer than what you see on Jude Law. Um, but this Dumbledore does have his hair down to his shoulders. Um, so maybe he's Jude Law probably will wear a wig because right. he's kind of losing his hair. Oh, gosh. <laughs> But <laughs> I, I yeah I I think this is probably his beard I think you're right uh, about yeah. that and and because I mean it, they would I think they would just shave him if they were going to put on a prosthetic beard like yeah because it's probably very very difficult to work with glue <laughs> with existing yeah. facial hair um, yeah. but yeah it's cool like I I like this news it's good to see that I think it's really good to see the reality of Jude Law as as Dumbledore coming to light. Because we read the news, but this is this makes it a little bit more real. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I wasn't really sure how I felt about Jude Law in the role. But after seeing that picture, uh, I can see it a little bit more. What do you guys yeah. think? I'm still... I'm sure he'll do a great job. I really just don't know what to expect. So I'm kind of just like meh about it until we actually see him in a trailer mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Uh, the second picture that you had there looks a little bit more Dumbledore esque. I think so as well. If you just imagine his scarf is his beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, his gray. I'm scarf. not concerned as much about the beard. I mean, I think they can always use CGI or other technology. So, <laughs> but a short beard would be cool. A little bit more laid back type of Dumbledore. Yeah. James, who's listening live over on Patreon, he says, "I'd love to see his beard get longer and longer with each film." Hmm. I I, I want to see like cool. Pickett Pickett crawling around in his beard. 
And Newt and Newt's like and Newt's like, sorry, sir. I have to get that. And he grabs it. Micah Micah seems to be repulsed by that idea. He, Micah was disturbed by my suggestion. It's a little weird, like you know. Well, well, what I mean is like it would be like a good moment for humor. These films are so dark; they're so hung up on being so dark. We should just have some beard humor. Come on, there there was a lot of humor in the first film, though. Yeah. Yeah, no, you know what? It reminds me of Madame Maxime going into Hagrid's beard and eating like leftover food. I can't oh, really see. Oh God! Kind of I forgot about that. Around there, that's yeah. Never mind. Five in the suggestion. This is where Thanks, the discussion has gone. It is, it is going to be a little surreal seeing a Harry Potter character merge or be in the same film as a Fantastic Beast character, and that. And Pickett crawling in Dumbledore's beard just made me think about that. Like, it's kind of, we're going to be watching two worlds merging, even though it is a new actor playing Dumbledore. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> so it looks like they are finished with the Hogwarts filming. They seem to totally have kept it a secret. It would have been cool if J.K. Rowling tweeted like, Hey, I'm on the set of Hogwarts with young Dumbledore. Yes, that is his real beard. <laughs> yeah. We're not using glue or digital enhancements. Right. Micah, we're going to look back to last week's episode. We got some feedback. Yeah. So last week's episode, we spent discussing magical transportation and and which forms uh, we would prefer. But uh, we heard from a bunch of listeners over on Twitter. And uh, actually, Robert, why don't don't you go first? Why don't you uh, let us know which one you prefer? And then I'll jump in with all these others uh, that gave feedback. I think if I had to pick just one, it would be Apparition. It's hard to argue with how convenient that is. And when I think about, you know, getting to work, traveling, all those type of things, really be the best way to go. But if you're going for fun, I think broomsticks would be all the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, a lot of people uh, agreed with you. Uh, Emily Rugburn, uh, Gina, who has uh, guest hosted this show uh, a number of times, said, my friends are really spread out right now, so I'll vote port key. Uh, but it would be interesting to discuss the range limit on port keys. So how far can mm. you actually go? Right. Haley says, uh, if, I didn't, if it didn't involve getting dirty, I'd be a fan of flu powder, even though you could probably just use a spell to clean yourself up. Since that would require extra effort, I'd have to go with apparition. Convenient, no limits on the destination for the most part, and clean. Actually, I think Apparition has more distance limits than Port Keys, um, which is why Newt takes the boat mm. at the beginning of Fantastic Beasts. But, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, and Apparition, apparently it's very hard, if not impossible, to go like overseas. So Yeah, well, I, I love the, the idea of, of the <laughs> wouldn't use flu powder because you get dirty and don't want to go through the effort of <laughs> doing a cleanup spell. <laughs> that sounds like me as a, as a wizard. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Rachel yeah. says, Apparition or Port Key, I love the idea of getting somewhere in an instant, recently moved across the country, and wish I had a Port Key. Ah, Rachel. Oh, come on. You don't like long-distance driving? I love long-distance driving. <laughs> I'm going to be like... a trucker. <laughs> yeah. Sims trucking? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, uh, Nimi, flu powder. I'd pronounce places wrong just to see where I'd end up. <laughs> so, so. Some, flu, some flu powder operators really, like hates you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you always give them a hard, a hard job. But that's, that's taking a little bit of a different spin on it. Normally, we... Uh, we worry about saying the wrong name, but uh, this person seems to be up for the uh, adventure of it all. 
living on the edge. Yeah, it's like that's like picking up the phone and just dialing a number and seeing who picks up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lauren Lawson at Hogwarts Ginger. Torn between a broomstick and apparition, broom would be similar to a motorcycle, but apparition is instant. It would depend on the destination. Mm. Stephanie says, a hippogriff for the win. Imagine the major wedgie you would get for flying on a broom for hours. <laughs> There's got to be an anti-wedgie charm or something. Slash, people do have those little seats Yeah, that they put on the broom. That's true. That is Not true. Not riding bicycles water on here. Yeah. Abby at, uh, well, we'll pass on that handle. Uh, gotta be a Thestral for me. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we are a family-friendly show most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Natalie, vanishing cabinet seems pretty Russian roulette but, you know, curious. <laughs> okay, another person living on the edge. Not something we mentioned, I don't think, on last week's episode. Vanishing cabinet. No. no. Uh, Paul says gotta be riding a dragon. Yeah. Muhammad, broomstick sounds fun. I'll take the Nimbus 2000, of course. Mm. So uh, agrees with Robert there. Kevin, the magic carpet is the most comfortable form of travel. When will Europe adopt it? <laughs> nice. Airy, that Axminster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Aerie says, I need one of those fancy underwater ships. Dermstrang knows what's up. <laughs> Brie, broomstick, out of all the forms of transportation, it seems to be the safest. And apparition, but only for emergencies. Mm. Stephanie Martin, hashtag team flu powder. It's cheap and easy. Turning the fireplace on is probably like calling the electric company when you move. Not creepy. Yeah. And finally, Lauren Downs, flying a mogul car would be comfortable and useful or flying without a broom because a broom would not be comfortable on long distances. So, and there you yeah. go. Think about the air blowing on your face for hours. It'd be like it'd be like riding a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, thanks to everybody who tweeted at us. We had, I think it was over fifty responses uh, to this question. So definitely one of our more popular questions that we've asked on the Mugglecast yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Good variety of answers too. I like that. Yeah. So, on this week's episode, our main discussion are the courses of Hogwarts. We've been going through broader elements of the series. It's been a lot of fun. We've been getting a lot of great feedback, by the way, so thank you. Uh, Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through each course as swiftly as possible, because we got a lot of them. We're going to give you a brief overview. Then we're going to grade its importance in a wizard's overall education. And then, uh, since we are talking about courses, we're going to offer a little pop quiz related to each course. Okay? Okay. Did you guys prepare for that? Because yes. I did. Oh, okay, I, I prepared trivia questions for all of you. X. Well, oh, I have okay. one oh, trivia gosh. question, not trivia questions for every person. Oh. I have one for each subject. Yes. Oh, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't have four <laughs> trivia questions. <laughs> oh, okay. That, was the, okay, that would be good. highly yeah. ambitious of you, Eric. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do that. No, I've got a couple of them too for you guys. There you oh, go. all right, uh, all right. Okay, um, so we'll kick it off with uh, Micah. Yeah. So the uh, the first uh, subject up is astronomy, and uh, it is taught by Professor Aurora Sinestra. 
And it's a mandatory subject at Hogwarts, something that needs to be taken in all of the first five years, right, of uh, a student yeah. being at the school. I ended up with all mandatory courses. I'm not sure how that happened, but uh, I'll live <laughs> with it. Well, most of them are for at least a couple of years, it seems. Right. Um, but one of the uh, one of the OWL subjects, uh, classes meet at midnight uh, on the top of the astronomy tower. And the course is really similar to how us muggles uh, would go about taking it. The students learn the names of stars and constellations of planets and their moons, and they study the motions of the planets and the stars. Um, as far as required uh, course materials, uh, you do need a telescope, although there is one at Hogwarts, uh, star charts, and reference books. So nice. it is... Um, Again, similar to uh, the astronomy we would all take. Um, Except not at midnight, probably. No. It's so it's I, so interesting. A couple of things come to mind. One is the curfew. So they're usually supposed to be in bed. Um, I'm, I'm assuming they get escorted each night to class, um, you know, and that would kind of mess up everybody's sleep schedule. But actually, yeah. the other thing is that astronomy is never shown in the... In the books, mentioned a hundred times, but uh, I really don't think you ever, ever actually see them in astronomy class. You hear about Sinistra, but she doesn't have a single line of dialogue. Um, and really, I think the, only, the closest we get is Harry's on the grounds when he notices um, the astronomy tower has caught fire. Or maybe he's actually up at the astronomy tower and he notices Hagrid's hut has caught on fire. I'm not sure. but I would, I yeah. would be against this class because it's taking place at midnight, like... Don't students have a hard time staying awake, especially if you consider their age? Yeah. And they have courses in the morning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I guess the theories, too. I mean, you can't do much stargazing in, during the day. Right. So. But the sun sets at, like, you know, yeah, six or seven, especially in the fall and spring. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Joe is torturing the children. I don't like it. <laughs> There's so much child abuse in these books. Um, <laughs> Micah, how important is this subject to a wizard's overall education, do you think? I would say, you know, I, I like astronomy. And I was, I was going to add that actually when I took a course in college, and it, you're a little bit older then, but you were required to do some coursework at night. It just makes sense that, you know, you have to go out and observe certain star patterns or planets or other things like that it's just the nature of having to be successful in that kind of a course but mm -hmm. i think to it to the overall education it's probably on the c or d line mm -hmm. i don't i don't know that i can really rate it any higher um, though the astronomy yeah. tower itself is very important in the series uh, i asked the question you know if you were to go to present day astronomy tower would there be a sign at the top that reads Dumbledore fell here? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, gosh. That would, um, I think everybody knows they don't need to be reminded. <laughs> I was hoping for yeah. a few more laughs than that, but clearly a sore subject. Dark I, humor. Too soon, Micah. Too soon. Um, <laughs> you would almost think that maybe they would close it down for a while. Like, who would want to be up there knowing what happened there? Oh, some people don't have a choice. Yeah. They have to go to class. Well, move it. <laughs> yeah, move it. You think there'd be some type of memorial there like they have in Godric's Hollow yeah. for Harry's family? Yeah. 
Maybe, with that but, sign, Dumbledore fell here. Dumbledore is buried right on the grounds, though. He's buried right on the school grounds. That'll be the memorial right mm-hmm. there. That's true. What do you What do you guys think, though, f- from a overall grade perspective? Do you think it's in that same same range? Uh, I would say it's very low in importance. To be honest with you, so you agree? And yeah, and and it, it it's. And and as evidenced by the fact that we really don't see the astronomy class throughout the series, I can see why J.K. Rowling would have wanted to put this in the curriculum because space astronomy was foreboding. It's foreboding yeah. too. The, 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 the centaurs are big on right. celestial, you know, events. They use it for divination, which we're, we'll get into later. But right. you know, knowing the planets and constellations is important as knowing you know our place as humans on planet earth in the greater picture right you know rest of the universe but it's not something that's practical like harry does not use what he learns in astronomy at any point in the series right. so well and, and it's as you touched on useful. you know uh, it, it's very limited in terms of its its appearance i think oftentimes you hear more about the homework that they're doing for astronomy than and actually physically being in the class. And I know one of the more memorable moments uh, is, is really when Harry has to take his, his owl uh, in astronomy. And, and um, so my trivia question uh, is actually related to that. And it is what did Harry receive in his owl astronomy? What was the grade that he got? Hmm. I bet it was average, somewhere in the middle. So A, acceptable? Yeah. I'm going to guess exceeds expectations. Robert? I would guess acceptable at best, considering he's interrupted with it. That is the correct answer, acceptable. Ah, very nice, very nice, very nice. Uh, Jennifer, who's listening live, she says, I'd argue it is very important since it seems to be their only science class. (laughs) <laughs> this is where they learn the scientific method and how to explore the world around them in an organized fashion. I may be biased, though, as an astronomy grad student. <laughs> yeah. Um, they also don't have English or grammar classes, so they probably can't spell very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Potions is a little bit right. like chemistry, too, so they have that. That's that's true. Potions is probably more yeah. sciencey. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so they have two sciencey classes. Um. Next course, Care of Magical Creatures. This is taken at your third year or higher, taught by Hagrid, of course. The class became slightly controversial due to um, the beasts that Hagrid would use. Of course, one of the biggest examples of this is the hippogriff um, coming for Draco and Lucius raising a fuss over um, Hogwarts, or sorry, Hagrid's uh, ideas for what makes a good lesson. Um, you needed an owl in this class to become a magic zoologist, which I thought was definitely worth magi- uh, mentioning in light of this new newt era of films. Mm-hmm. Luna was another one who became a magic zoologist, which I actually forgot. And fun fact, in her earliest notes, J.K. Rowling says she originally just called this class Beasts. Which mm. is also kind of foreboding because Fantastic Beasts. Care of Magical yeah. Creatures is much more PC. I think that's what she was going for. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, as as tensions evolved in her mind about what certain sentient beasts would... Uh, <laughs> How they would react. ...mind 
yeah, how they'd react to being called beasts. Although you're not caring for centaurs, they are taking care of themselves. So, um, yeah. So I didn't really have much else to share there. We didn't, you know, we it was of course a prominent class thanks to Hagrid's teaching, but I never found this course. I guess it is important if you are going to end up running into beasts in the wild, but I don't think most wizards would. Right. So, in terms of importance, and like, no offense to Hagrid, but he's not exactly like a great teacher. So, like, <laughs> if 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 he if if this course was important, I think Dumbledore would have been uh, appointed somebody with more skills. Sorry to teach it. So I'm gonna grade it a C in importance. Yeah, I can't argue it's more important, but I will say I, I would take this class uh, and and learning how to take care of, of other living creatures is, is pretty important, I think, for everybody to do. I'm glad this class is assigned to them at the very least. So those who are going to go into a field where they work with animals um, can get, you know, the basics down and, and figure out if that's their passion. Mm-hmm. I. I would just argue the ability to identify different beasts or creatures and, and know what you might be up against if you ever are confronted by one of them, how to interact with them, how to tame them. Uh, we see it with the, mm. with the hippogriff. Uh, but uh, again, how often in your day-to-day life are you going to come in contact with these beasts? It's It's probably, as you said, Andrew, very limited. So... Uh, do is there a comparable course that in on in the Muggle world? I mean, the biology, uh, but it, not even because you're you know probably like equestrianism, like if that's what it's called, the like riding horses, caring for like farming, like if you're in a rural area and you have to take care of a farm or run animals like that way, mm-hmm. probably be pretty important. And there are many animal study fields, I imagine. Well, veterinarian, true, true like but veterinary at, at, right. school, yeah, yeah veterinary school. school, but but as a as a core course, I mean that you know this is something. Oh no, yeah. no, but this goes into the whimsical world, the whimsical wizarding world. Like it's kind of oddball stuff like this in astronomy that would be required because they, I I don't I don't know why, just because it's a magical world. <laughs> so I have a um, so this is my question for. You three. Um, using a hippogriff for personal transportation. Is mm-hmm. it legal or illegal? Wait, is it what? Legal or illegal. Oh. Is it legal to use a hippogriff for personal transportation? I don't know why you'd be asking this question if it was, but I'm gonna say it is. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it is. I really believe it. I'm gonna say no. I'm going to say it's illegal. Okay, Eric, you do bring up a good point. It is illegal Damn. under the International Statute of Wizarding Secrecy. Oh. So that's the specific reason why. It's because they would be too noticeable otherwise. That's a good point. I thought I thought it was a trick question because it's very clearly not aligned with the law that Harry rides Buckbeak to safety because the law wants to execute Buckbeak, but otherwise would be legal. But okay, I, I see where I was wrong. So that's Care of Magical Creatures. Nice. Um, let's go to, then, in that case, Defense Against the Dark Arts. Uh, one of my favorite classes. 
that they teach at Hogwarts. It is compulsory every year at Hogwarts. You are taking Defense Against the Dark Arts at least through uh, the OWL level, and then you can choose to get into the NEWT courses afterwards. But um, for Harry, it's taught by a variety of colorful characters, from Professor Quirinus Quirrell to Gilderoy Lockhart, Remus Lupin, our favorite, Mad-Eye Moody, and Dolores Umbridge. And then, uh, of course, Snape himself teaches it uh, in year six. This subject has many facets, but I think we can all agree it's vital to a wizard's survival and growth. Um, mm-hmm. There are dark things in this world, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, Defense Against the Dark Arts is going to teach you how to deal with it. Whether it's a disarming charm, a shield charm, and other such things, it's important to have your uh, fighting chops. You can wield magic, so here's what to do to protect yourself with it. I gave this uh, class a, a, a grade of A+. Plus, um, in Absolutely. Importance. I'm going to say A++. <laughs> I think it's major, very high, high importance. Mm-hmm. Must mm-hmm. have. Yeah. Um, again, Harry's own experience with it is a little uh awkward a little strange at times i don't really think they learn anything in in the second year except expelliarmus um which they learn from snape ironically um because because the teacher is just so useless and uh umbridge herself too they are not learning new spells it's all um practical it's all reading in year five so a lot of what they learn is actually outside in dumbledore's army where harry catches all his classmates up to speed but it's still just very useful um it's not like you're going in bars and getting in fights but if you do go the wrong way of another wizard it's important to know how to protect yourself it would be like general fitness or general martial arts sort of self-defense type stuff again not to be pro or not to be on the offense but to be on the defense successfully as a wizard one of my favorite parts of the harry potter series overall i think was looking forward to the new defense against the dark arts teacher i actually really liked how the position was quote-unquote cursed and you would meet somebody new it was it was fun to to see somebody new take over such an important course do you remember they're also different do you remember when they released the description of Umbridge as, and we wondered, but it wasn't announced who she was. So we wondered if we were going to have a woman defense against the dark arts teacher and how cool that was going to be. I don't remember that, but yeah, it was before book five came out. It was, uh, the description of her. I think it's the first one where she's like toad like and this, that, the other thing. We didn't know who it was going to be, but we, I think there was some, uh, you know, happy speculation of course she's the worst (laughs) but it was really really cool that there was a mystery you're right you reminded me like there's it was always something to look forward to i thought uh, every every year i could be wrong but i thought that was more for uh rufus scrimgeour uh when they revealed in half-blood well prior to Mm half-blood prince coming out they said he had like a lion-like mane or something something like a lion-like but it could have been for umbridge as well yeah i don't remember that far back so here's my trivia question for you guys for Defense Against the Dark Arts, and uh, you're going to buzz in for this, okay, because there's a right answer. So just say buzz uh, if you know the answer, and uh, the first person to buzz in with a successful answer gets uh, five points. Um, what does the homorphous charm do? Homorphous. Homorphous charm. Um, this Please is some- spell it. 
uh, H, it's in the doc. H O M O R P H O U S. Copy paste Google search. No. <laughs> uh, uh, All right. H O M O. I'm probably confusing this with something else, but doesn't it reveal the presence of another person? Uh, it that's not the right charm. There is a charm. It's uh, the incantation for the charm you speak is Hamanem Revelio. Um, okay, so time's up. The homorphous <laughs> charm apparently resorts or returns a werewolf into human form. Oh, okay. If you encounter, yeah, I was him. I was trying to break the word into pieces so I could figure it out, but yeah, homo same or human, um, yeah, morph as in changing, changing a human. Yeah, you know something like I that. saw homo and I started <laughs> trying to figure out if this like Dumbledore used it in the series, but no, I, so, I was getting off track. So uh, it is covered in events against Dark Arts. I think during Prisoner of Azkaban, uh, when Snape is still trying to out um, Remus Lupin as a werewolf, or it might be Book Five. I'm gonna actually look up. I wrote I wrote it down. Amorphous okay. charm. You gotta is... wonder is that something only a really powerful wizard can do because. Lupin goes through all that effort to take the wolf's bane potion every month and all that. If someone could just cast that cast charm that on him. him, that's a good yeah. point. Actually, you know what? This is that we might have spotted a sort sort of plot hole. It's covered in year two. Lockhart tells them about it, um, the homorphous hmm. charm, and he might be exaggerating, I guess, or I think it's one of those things where he's like, "And luckily, I was there just in time to catch a homorphous charm, which of course returned the werewolf back to, you know, maybe like that." But it's still mentioned a year before all of that trouble and before Lupin, like before we meet Lupin and see what a pain he has during transformation. So maybe it's a development thing. If it was anyone else other than Lockhart, I'd say it's a plot hole, but. I think that's a good explanation. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's exaggerating. So maybe my trivia question was not worth anything. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, it was. Uh, good question. No, yeah. yeah. Good discussion, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, next course, Charms. So this is a, considered a core class at Hogwarts and Ilvermorning, taught by Flitwick. It's very important in that it teaches wand movement, swish, and flick, <laughs> and all of the handy spells that you need in your everyday life. So this is massively important. There hasn't been much drama with this, with this class, especially, um, you know, compared to something like Defense Against the Dark Arts. Uh, Flitwick was a smart professional guy. He didn't really step out of line. Um, and this class, I think, prepared Harry for so many crucial moments. These, these spells seem simple or basic or like elementary level because you do learn them early on, but then they, so many of these charms end up being so important throughout the series. Uh, sample spells include classics like Lumos and the Levitation Charm, Leviosa, uh, the Summoning Charm, Accio, the Mending Charm, Repero. And these, I still remember as a kid, and maybe in part because of the video games, but I used to love the charms. Those are, you know, it's just basic magic that even outside of Harry Potter, you kind of think about a lot of the time. I agree. 100%. I was thinking A++ for Defense Against the Dark Arts, but I would have to take it back a little bit and give that one to Charms because so many of the spells yeah. they use even when they're actually fighting are Charms and not really Defense Against the Dark Arts spells. That's a good point, yeah. It's a very good point. Charms are just the most useful. Um, you use them the most no matter what you're trying to do. And I've probably said this on the show before, but I've always wished I had the summoning charm Accio 
Like there's like I just want to be a wizard for that reason alone. I'll deal with Voldemort <laughs> if it, if that's what it takes to have the power to use Akio. <laughs> we're all on the couch and we want to the, we with the remotes yep. across the room and we just want to stick our hand in the air and go Akio. <laughs> or yeah, or the chips or the beer or the Guac. soda or yeah, right. Yeah. The uh, voice recognition technology like Siri and the Echo might be the closest we get to an Akio type of thing. Just using our voice to do certain things. Summon information. Yeah. Siri, turn on the lights. <laughs> Siri, order me some food. Can you get Siri anyway, to order for you? Um, I think so with certain like, apps. Like through the Echo. Eats or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So importance, yeah, Robert, you, you were saying A++, uh, I would agree. I mean, you can grade these, you can use the grade more than once. We didn't make a rule saying otherwise, so, uh, I, I, and I agree with you that these are more important than the Defense Against the Dark Art spells because of their everyday use. So, yeah, I'm with you there. A++. I would agree. Cool. Yeah, I think these two courses back-to-back are pretty solid contenders. Uh, for mm-hmm. if we were ranking them, if we had to say, you know, top courses uh, that you would take in the uh, wizarding school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that for sure. Eric? Yeah. Um, do you have a trivia question for us, Andrew? Yep, yep. So we all know and love Akio, but what is the charm and or incantation that pushes away items from you. Oh, if God. you don't want that remote near you because you want to focus on reading your book instead. Disgusto. <laughs> Disgusto. Disgusto. Does you, it start, uh, does you it, got the first letter right. I was going to say, did it start with a D? Is it Defendo? Yeah. No. Uh, it's a it's a banishing charm. And the spell is the... No. <laughs> it's the Pulso. The Pulso. That's what it is. So Disgusto is kind of close. Yeah, well, I said you got the first letter right, but I would never. I I don't know what I would use that for. I'm like pushing <laughs> away. Uh, so I, something that smells. I think if somebody's up in your grill. trash can. Yeah, I think what's huh? very clear is that none of us would do very well at a Harry Potter trivia night. <laughs> I know. Hey, if one's Eric coming and I up. Actually, go to one here in Chicago. I'm going to do yeah. so badly. Yeah, yeah. One's coming up. We're going to go and we're going to kill it. Um, okay. Yeah. But uh, we got to start studying. So episodes like this. Thank you, everybody. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, watch that question comes up. What's the opposite of Akio? I'm going to stand up and just yell, DePulso! And then every team in there will have the right answer for that round and the point because you shouted <laughs> the answer. You'll know who listeners are from that question. Yeah, uh, right. yeah, yeah. yeah exactly, exactly. Um, okay, let's go to Divination. Uh, this is, I talked about this earlier. Um, here is the overview that I wrote down. Talons, crystal balls, and tea leaves. Oh my, this subject is a very key to unlocking, or is it unfogging, the very unknown future. One's own fortune or misfortune may be discoverable, if only one has the patience and the inner eye to help them tell. Divination is another one of those subjects that, that gets a bad rap due to the trio's own experiences with it. Hermione straight up quits this class. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's kind of used as sort of a punchline between Harry and Ron for the three years that they take it. However, I've always felt that divination is kind of interesting because this is a world where magic does exist. And so it's not absurd to assume that the near future, uh, is something that you could in fact tell. 
And, you know, have you ever gone to a psychic, guys, and thought, hey, like, what they told me is kind of eerily correct in certain areas, and I want to believe what they told me about the future? You guys ever, like, go to a psychic or get tarot, you know, cards read or anything like that? No, because when they do give you those readings or predictions, they're just so basic and open-ended that they can cover that they cover you. I think that's uh You will and, be breathing next Sunday. Uh, well Oh wow, what? I don't I don't I'll think they breathing? can legally How did it know? How did I don't know? think they can legally promise you that you'll be breathing next Sunday, but no, I I've the always sun will rise two Sundays from now and a friend from the past will appear on your social media. I know feed. what I'm getting you for Christmas. It's gonna be a reading at a at a Chicago psychic. Um Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I've just always loved it. I've always been sort of um, interested in the paranormal, and this is as close uh, I think as as Hogwarts gets to that, um, despite having ghosts walking about. Um, but uh, as far as importance, again, unless you're really good at the subject, and because of Trelawney's teaching style and the few moments of clarity where she is actually giving true info or she seems to have the the actual site that she's trying to teach everybody else to get the the two times that she does are by accident and so i don't think anybody in in harry's ears at hogwarts is able to really utilize the class in the way that it's meant to be taught maybe parvati patil um who is obsessed with forenses brand of divination might be the only student who like gets the closest but it's not something you really can use um for day-to-day life uh you know i i don't know if you're waking up and during the morning tea are reading the leaves to see if you should be cautious about the day or if you should wear the blue sweater instead of the red sweater you know i don't know if that's like a lifestyle that yeah. people are choosing so i gave it a c well well, I would I would agree with that. It's it's somewhere in there, kind of similar to the astronomy, and and mm-hmm. speaking of the centaurs, yeah. I, I I wonder if there's a lot of crossover there. Like they talk a lot about reading the stars. Well, in order to be able to read the stars, you need to have some foundation or or some knowledge in astronomy. Uh, so mm-hmm. the those two subjects overlap in in some capacity. Uh, they definitely they, they have to just based on that side of it the the you know sort of the the stars and the planets and the sky side of it but when you were talking about trelawney and and how she but it, it's it's in it's almost uh, i'm trying to think like she, it, it's passed down to her it's something that's you know part of her right this ability mm-hmm. to have these moments where she actually delivers these prophecies it's not i don't know it's something that's learned right you know, it's almost by right. accident right. that she's that that these things are happening. It's not something that she has control over. So uh, that that's what lends itself to a lot of people believing that she's a fraud, uh, because mm-hmm. who who's to be able to really evaluate her that that what she's teaching has some practical, uh, you know, nature to it. Well, it's it's like asking the question, like, which came first, the seer or the bloodline, right? Because, like, she's in it for because of her blood. But I totally think you can train and be good at this. I think the issue with Trelawney is that we forget sometimes Dumbledore, like, put her there because of what she did. Like, her strategic value to the good side versus the bad side is so high that it excuses 
the fact that she's just an awful teacher who's probably completely fraudulent um, and has deluded herself into believing that she's actually good doesn't render the subject completely, you know, innate and not interesting. I, I think there are seers out there. I think there are people who can read this stuff and treat it, you know, fairly and, and, and really predict stuff. But, but just in the case of Trelawney, it's not. She got lucky twice because she's a descendant of an actual seer and Dumbledore, she's only at Hogwarts because Dumbledore put her there for, for safekeeping. Uh, cause he's the Machiavellian, um, great master manipulator but here's the trivia question for you guys um using playing cards to tell one's fortune is known as what that tarot uh nope these are these are just ordinary playing cards so like you know queen of hearts um jack of spades that sort of thing barrow (laughs) (laughs) blackjack push plus tarot uh, it's called cartomancy, carto, cartomancy, oh. C-A-R-T-O-M-A-N-C-Y. I was way off. My next yeah. guess was going to be go fish. Uh, they That's actually do, answer, this is one actually. of the, yeah, <laughs> go fish. This is one of the, this is one of the, uh, versions of fortune telling. They actually do cover in year three, in Harry's year three. Um, the tea leaves get much more focused that year, but, uh, cartomancy is, is, is another thing. Next class is flying. This one, there's really not much information on it. We see it in book one, Harry's first flying lesson. It's a big moment for him. Uh, but uh, And it's one of the more fun classes at Hogwarts, assuming you're any good at it. Yeah. Unlike Albus Severus, who was struggling. Uh, taught by Madame Hooch. It's only taught in the first year, so one and done. I just had one question, which is, uh, this isn't the pop question, but do you guys think you would be any good at flying? Or would you have a fear of flying and not do it? Not be good. I would want to believe I'd be good. I think I'd be... I want to believe I would be good, too, if, but nervous at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'd be okay at it, be able to do it, but I don't think I'd be playing Quidditch or anything. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd yeah, want to play Quidditch. Yeah. What position would you want? Probably... Chaser. That'd be cool. Okay. Yeah. We're part and of the team. Quiz question. What is the highest numerical clean sweep broom we're aware of? We saw a lot of them. Is that the seven? seven? Micah? I'll agree with them. <laughs> uh, y'all are way off. Well, not way off, but uh, 11. Oh, man. Clean sweep. 11. Mm. Clean, sweet. Okay. I like that question. You know, flying is sort of like your driver's test. You, you know, every, cause every wizard should be able to learn at least how to sit on a broom properly in case you need to travel. It's just the wizard's probably most common way of travel. Um, they learn it when they're 11 and we learn when we're, you know, 15, 16. Right. It's, it's like it, that. It, um, it was seen in Order of the Phoenix and Half Blood Prince. Oh, yeah. Led to led Ron to a couple of victories, so he there was good go. with it. Yeah. Well, I, I think, think it's one of those things course. that everybody has to do. Yeah, as a rite of passage, it'd be nice exercise too, or or like to get out and have have the wind. Well, not, oh. I don't know about exercise because you're just sitting on a broom, but I mean, in terms of like getting some fresh air, I'm surprised mm-hmm. there aren't more students described as just like flying around, especially at Hogwarts with its protective spells. You would think that you could just go out and fly on your broom if you have one. Yeah. Like instead of pet therapy, there's broom therapy. Yeah. 
I'm stressed over these owls, man. I'm going to go take a quick ride around the castle. Oh, yeah. That's a good right, point. I think course. I definitely would have been doing that. <laughs> yeah, so next course is Herbology, another uh, mandatory course at Hogwarts. It's taught by Professor P- Pomona Sprout. Uh, it's held in the greenhouses and includes plenty of hands-on activities. Uh, it could be argued to be one of the more dangerous subjects at the school. And, uh, you know, you think of some of the different plants that the trio encountered during their time, um, you know, mandrakes and you know, trying to extract bubotuber pus. Hopefully I said that right. <laughs> uh, you know, and also just not being able to recognize plants or herbs correctly, I think, you know, could have pretty nasty consequences, especially uh, if things look very similar to uh, one another. Um, yeah. But herbology, I think, as we are all well aware, is the study of magical plants and fungi, including their care and magical properties and uses. And some magical plants form important ingredients in potions, uh, while others just straight up have their own magical effects and we've seen that at many times uh, throughout the series. Yeah, gillyweed, for instance. I will never forget the mandrakes. <laughs> That's what this course will always remind me of every time I hear of yeah. herbology or Professor Sprout. Well, you're definitely right that it's uh, dangerous, Micah. I mean, by year six, they're working on, is it, uh, uh, it's not acromantula, but it's um, the, the, the big... Uh, piranha plant type things that there were venomous tentacula maybe um you could you could get really injured if you're not careful these plants unlike the plants and flowers in our own world uh fight back much more directly it's sort of like a substitute care of magical creatures class to be honest except you're dealing with plant life instead of animal life i'd say this one's almost probably definitely more useful than care of magical creatures and Harry didn't use a lot of yeah. these things, but there's a lot of uses that come out of some of these plants. Dittany, mm. uh, gillyweed, you guys mentioned, uh, mandrakes. It seems like there's a lot of stuff that you can really get for everyday use from these magical plants. That's a good yeah, point. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. Maybe also think just like charms. Think back to uh, Sorcerer's Stone and Devil's Snare uh, when they're uh, trying to uh, oh, yeah. get down into uh, track down the Sorcerer's Stone. Um, that'd be perfect for for um, home security. <laughs> I was just thinking that too. Mm-hmm. And Harry does advance in herbology uh, to prep for the the newt exam. He re- actually received exceeds expectations uh, in his owl for herbology. Wow. So that won't be the trivia question this time. Uh, the one that I will ask was, uh, what did J.K. Rowling call herbology in her early notes? Oh, man. Care of magical plants? <laughs> plants? Nice. Yeah, no, that, good guesses, good guesses. Any others? Uh, no, no. Yeah. She called it herbalism. 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 Hmm. Meh. Okay. That's, that's a good one. Um, And finally, for now we have history of magic the overview 
most boring teacher in Hogwarts has to offer <laughs> drolls uh, in lecture style on this course, which is meant to be insightful into the lives and societies of all magical brethren. The theory is that knowing one's history can influence and save our future as a society. You know, as much as I actually enjoyed history in in school, um, learning about the uh, revolution in France and learning about um, at least from one perspective, the founding of the country of America in which we live. Um, I can't say it's been all that helpful. Judging history of magic, a class which Harry actively hates um, and falls asleep in, in terms of how useful it is to wizards, we see virtually nobody getting any use out of it except maybe Hermione. Um History of Magic is just there. It's the obligatory lecture class that they go to. They have to write these long essays about it. And it's just something, it's like the memorization of facts and dates and times that doesn't seem to bear much fruit um, for Harry. However, I think yeah. it's, Im- it's implied that like in the same way that learning from our past mistakes, like we study the Holocaust so that it doesn't happen again so that we as a people are aware to see the signs of dictators and, and, and charismatic jerks, uh, coming to take over. You know, we're supposed to be able to prevent it. So the theory of all these, uh, goblin learning of all these goblin rebellions could inform what the relationship is between humans and goblins in present day is perfectly fine. You get it. And it just doesn't seem like the wizards are that interested in the goblins either in the past or in the present. So, it's a real shame, but how can I make the case that this is actually useful if nobody in Harry's year is using it to its full potential? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, but you got to know the basics. You got to know the history, right? That's why where we you, learn where history you, yeah. in the muggle world as well, well. Where you come from, where you're going. Well, how helpful would some of this information be in terms of let's say the chamber of secrets or the founders and Harry tracking down certain Horcruxes, you know, in, in theory, I'm just saying if, if he had paid more attention in these classes, perhaps there were mm-hmm. information that professor Binns was putting out there that, that would have been helpful. Normally it was Hermione who always coming up with the solutions, but mm-hmm. you, you'd think that in there somewhere would be important information that he would need. And, and certainly I would say, you know, in terms of becoming an Auror, it, it's important to know the the history of of you know your your kind. Mm. I think history yeah, is I mean, pretty I, important in general. Maybe not the way they teach it, where you're memorizing dates and facts and all those type of things, but in some of the moral lessons that it offers, is pretty important. Yeah, you're yeah. getting into like anthropology and the study of cultures, um, right? Well, so. You know, one question I did. Funnily enough, you mentioned Chamber of Secrets. I'm thinking back to when they had to beg to learn about the Chamber of Secrets. Right. Mm. And maybe all along, <laughs> Professor Binns was just spewing away about it, but they were all asleep or, you know, bored out of their mind. Who knows? But it's a shame. The, no, the question I had, though, is do you find it interesting that the way that J.K. Rowling portrayed some of these subjects or some of these professors, right? Because you're thinking about history and, and you have literally a ghost who's teaching the course <laughs> who, you know, I mean, what, what kind of message is that sending to you know, 
the the students or or even to us as readers in terms of how she perceives taking a, a course in history I think it's definitely meant to uh, we're we're meant to identify with feeling as though it's like Kim boredom basically is what it's doing yeah 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 Mm-hmm. Um, even even Professor Binns had said that he was so boring he didn't realize he was dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just that's uh, <laughs> very honest. Yeah, but uh, but really honestly, based on our discussions here, I actually upped my grade uh, of the subject to a B. Um, I think that there's more there. I'm going to give the subject the benefit of the doubt. Um, it's extremely important to know where we've been. It will help us navigate to where we are going. And again, I Hogwarts, see what you did there. Yeah. So where we B I N N. Yeah. Yeah, I would give it a B or a C. <laughs> oh, you didn't do that on purpose. No, I, I didn't did do that, that on where, purpose. Where we bins. It's important yeah. to notice <laughs> to know where we bins, where we come from, and what happens in our new beginnings. So okay. here's a trivia question, but you're all going to get this. Uh, what is the most practically useful history of magic lesson that Ari? Harry ever has while conscious I put while conscious uh, it's gotta be the chamber of secrets right yeah absolutely yeah. people f- sometimes I tried to be tricky because in the movie it's McGonagall and Transfiguration that teaches them right um, uh, yeah. but, but in the uh, book they still have to squeeze it out of bins right very much yeah very yeah. much because he he is just so uh, shocked that the entire class is on is weighted on every bated breath. Right, it, it woke them up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's ne- he's possibly that's... never had all eyes on him before, uh, mm-hmm. as the book writes. It's a great scene in uh, Chamber of Secrets. But then then the one um, the reason I stipulate while conscious is because Harry has at least one and probably closer to two or three dreams, like heavy fever dreams, Voldemort type stuff, while in History of Magic. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't he fall asleep and see Sirius has been taken to the ministry in in book five and he's in history of magic at that time? I think that's I think that's accurate. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's okay. history of magic. All right. So those are the subjects we're talking in the main about in the main show today in bonus muggle cast on Patreon. We're going to be talking about muggle studies, potions and transfiguration. So head over to patreon.com slash mugglecast if you would like to hear our thoughts on those. So to wrap up this discussion, let's say we can each create our own schedule with five classes. Only pick five, just Mm. for argument's sake. Which five classes would we each pick? Definitely charms, uh, 100%. Can Mm. I just take charms five times, actually? Sure, yeah. Yeah, Become a charms pro. (laughs) Um, yeah, good. I'd, I'd go with in this order: charms, um, defense against the dark arts, divination, care of magical creatures, and herbology. I'll go with D A D A charms, flying, transfiguration, mm. astronomy. Just because I said it was useless at the beginning, <laughs> so. <laughs> You think you're going to just slide by in that course? Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, and I want to go to a class that's at midnight <laughs> at the scene where Dumbledore fell oh. so I can develop my Dumbledore Tower of Falling Terror ride. There you go. 
for me, I'd go uh, Defense Against the Dark Arts, Transfiguration, Herbology, Care of Magical Creatures, and Charms. Okay. I would go with Charms, Transfiguration, Herbology, Potions, and I think Flying. I think I'd actually leave Defense Against the Dark Dark Arts out. Nice. (gasps) But you won't be ready. Yeah, I don't know. Based on what we were talking about before, I think Charms has got it covered. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. That's why Ook's taking it five times over. That's fair. I think, uh, Robert, I think you I think you got a really strong course schedule there. So I like Hermione. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you That's know, right. there's Arithmancy and Ancient Runes, which we know nothing about, but are taught at Hogwarts as well. All right, there's our discussion. Please send in any feedback you might have. MuggleCast at gmail.com, twitter.com slash MuggleCast, over on Patreon, our voicemail line, which we'll give you the number of later on. Um, any of those options. And we will actually address more... We have some questions, for more questions that we will um, ask next week. We just ran out of time for this episode. Like, what course would we, would we like to teach? Yeah. What course would we play hooky on the most? <laughs> Who's the uh, hottest professor? <laughs> <laughs> Micah. You are Micah. Thanks, man. <laughs> no problem, bro. We have one more sponsor this week, Zip Recruiter. Are you a business owner who's hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? I want to tell you about the perfect place to find the best person for the job. It is ZipRecruiter.com. They are the ideal place because you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. And that's why ZipRecruiter is different. Because unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. And in fact, this is really impressive. 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within one day. I've hired people. I know what the process can be like. And ZipRecruiter, they handle one of the hardest parts for you so you can get straight to hiring the best candidate. So find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. For free, just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash MuggleCast. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash MuggleCast. Give it a try. Uh, you're going to like it and find some candidates real quick if you're hiring. So thank you, ZipRecruiter. We're going to do a bit of a new segment. I thought this would be fun to do over time. And since we've been talking about Hogwarts classes, this episode is a good place to start. Pop quiz question of the week. How many... We're going to start with an easy-ish one. Oh, I like... I like... I like... Well, I like doing the... Like, quizzing each other during the discussion, so this segment seems fun. Yes. How many courses are first years required to take? Simple, but important. Uh, let's see. Do we... Don't we say spe- it now. You want to speculate? Okay. All right. No. Well, I mean... No, you can't give the well, answer away right now. No, 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 not get the answer, but I mean, in terms of being required, uh, if we look at Harry's school list, that should probably... So this is speculation. (laughs) There is is a definitive answer, isn't there? Yes, there is. We will, and we will reveal that definitive answer on next week's episode. Yeah, cool. This is, this is, this is my way of preparing Eric and I for Harry Potter trivia night. Exactly. So that does it for this week's episode. We have more for you over on Patreon. 
We have a bonus MuggleCast installment where we are talking about the other three Hogwarts courses, Transfiguration, Potions, and Muggle Studies. Check out our website. You can get show notes, download old episodes, get links to our social media, um, and contact us. Send us an owl, whether it's written or by phone. 9203-MUGGLE is our voicemail line. That's 1-920-368-4453. If you want to send us something, we do have the P.O. Box. Our address is MuggleCast 4044 North Lincoln Avenue, Box 144, Chicago, I.L. 60618. Still don't have that key from Eric, but (laughs) maybe next week. Maybe next week. Robert, thanks for joining us, and we look forward to having your wife on in the near future. Uh, Thanks for having me. She's really looking forward to it, too. Cool. I hope you had a good time, and thanks for your support. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. It was great. Yeah, sure thing. Sure thing. Uh, And thank you for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. And I'm Robert. See you all next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.